in a, uh, we started something last week, and, and the title of it was Seizing the Seasons. Seizing, and, and, the, and the word seasons is plural. How many of you are motorcyclers? How many of you are motorcyclers? Doesn't that look like a really cool ride? I get, I can't look at it because I get distracted because I'm like, okay, well, that's next year, not in Michigan this year. Um, but, uh, but when you, last week, what we found out is the way that God designed life and every aspect of life is life is about seasons. Marriage is about seasons. Having children is about seasons. Your work environment is about seasons. Your career is about seasons. Relationships have seasons. The stuff you buy has seasons. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so everything is about seasons. And God talked about it both in the Old and the New Testament. And since we have moved away, and I'm not saying this is wrong, but we're no longer an agronomic society or agriculture-based society like they were in the Bible. The moment somebody says seasons, we just think, you know, the four seasons. But what we have to realize is those transpose, and we see, and we found out last week, if you were not here last week, I would encourage you to uh, listen. You can go and, and, and listen online. But both the Old and the New Testament, God talked about seasons. And just Genesis chapter 8, he spoke to Noah after he came out of the ark, and he said that as long as this natural world remains, there is going to be this thing called seasons. And what we have to realize is seasons are part of God's creative developmental plan for our lives. Just like they're part of the developmental creative plan in nature, they're part of the developmental creative plan for our life. I'm just going to throw this out. If your marriage is only about one season, God wants to develop you in the other three seasons. Are you with me? God, and the reason is, is because that's what causes us to be healthy and to endure. Everything is about seasons. And the purpose of in season, of seasons is number one, for enjoyment. How many of you love summer in Michigan? Michigan, you know, it, in, in fall, it's for enjoyment, but it's equally for development in our life. In Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon, who is the wisest and the wealthiest person of his day by an insurmountable number, just incredible, he would make Jeff Bezos look middle class if you study what he had in his day. He was the, the wisest and the wealthiest person in the earth in his day. And he said this in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 4, he said, for everything there is a season. And then look at what he said, a time for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born and a time to die. There is a time to plant and a time to harvest. Look at verse 4. There is a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to, to dance. He concludes that life is about seasons. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. Uh, it says, uh, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint 
in acting nobly and doing the right thing. For in due time and at the, there it is, appointed season, we shall reap. But then he throws his one word in there, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. By context, we can tell that he's writing about an adverse season right here because he's talking about fainting. He's talking about growing weary. He's saying, don't do it. See, we're, we're going to go through the seasons. It's by design. But our mindset determines if we seize them or just go through them and pick up the wrong baggage while we go through them. Are you with me? And so it's our, it's our, it's our mindset. When we keep seasons in mind, what it does is it gives us perspective. It gives us perspective where we're at. Many of you know, but I was, I was raised, I'm one of 16 children in our family. I was right in the middle of the 16. I was number eight. I was right in the middle of the, of the 16. And, and by the time I came around to my parents, they had a perspective because of the previous seven. How many of you know what I'm saying? They were smarter. It was harder to get away with stuff. And I, you would say something and they would just look at you like, do I look stupid? How many of you know what I'm saying? And the reason was is because they had been through some seasons with the other ones, with my older brothers and sisters. You know, <laughs> how many of you know when your parents are just giving you that look? It's just like, they're just, they're just giving you that look. You know, we... And I want to just, Jill and I, we have four children. The first, the, the first one, when we first had one, it was like everything was huge. Everything was, Jill was like, is there something in her mouth? I'd run over there, pry that baby up. Nope, it's good. Nothing's in there. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> By the time the fourth one would, <laughs> came around, she, she would say, I know, I can see it hanging out of their lip. And I'd go running over there and I'd look and ah, just a bug. Don't worry about it. How many of you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they'll, they'll, be, they'll be fine. What was the difference? Perspective. How many of you know what I'm saying? That, that bug won't kill them. You know, it was, you know, and, 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 and in our lives, what we've got to realize is when you talk about God wants us to have perspective and have fun and be excited in, in seasons of our life. But equally, he wants us to have perspective in difficult and in trying seasons in our life. Where we stop and we assess, you know, what this season is all about that I'm in right now. And Lord, what is this season? It's, maybe it's difficult. Maybe it's hard. Maybe I don't understand. But Lord, what is it revealing about me that I need to grow now in my life? See, when everything is great and you're in a great season and everything is great, remember this. Re uh, remember this. You need to number one is remember God where you stop and you say, God, I'm, I remember you're the source of everything, but then equally maybe develop the fruit of self-control that everything, knowing everything is about seasons, but then equally when, a, when the season is tough and maybe you say, wow, I never saw this coming to stop and to say, okay, I'm in a difficult season right now, but what I need to do is I need to grow. You know, as a pastor, um, one thing I have noticed is this, 
is that when healthy people go through difficult seasons, they come out on the other side and they're like, I wouldn't want to go through that again, but I don't, I would never want to avoid it because of the growth that it brought in my life and the perspective as I went through that season. See, when we see life as seasons, it affects extreme negative emotions. It affects them. And I said extreme. It affects our, our extreme, maybe depression or anxiety. It affects that because we realize, oh my gosh, this is just a season. This is just a season. And last week, um, what we did is we took a look at a theology professor named William Clinton. Everybody say William Clinton. Not Bill Clinton. William Clinton. And he took it upon himself to study all the leaders of the Bible. And he, in, in when I say all the leaders, all of the leaders in the Bible that we have enough information about them that we can assess their life. We can look at some things and, 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 and actually assess some things. And his conclusion was, is that there were 300 leaders in the Bible, both men and women, that, that, that we could look at and say they were a leader and we have enough to assess. Out of that 300, 225 didn't finish well. They didn't finish. They were leaders in the Bible, but they did. That 75% didn't end well. And it wasn't because they weren't smart enough. Solomon, the wisest man to ever live on the earth. It wasn't because they weren't anointed by God. Elijah, he, if you look at his life, it wasn't because they weren't anointed. It wasn't because they weren't good leaders. Moses, great leader, didn't end well. It wasn't because they didn't love God. David, God said, was a man after his own heart. It wasn't because they lacked courage. Samson, incredible courage, incredible strength in his life. The primary reason is they didn't handle season change well. They didn't handle it well. And when they would go from one season to the next season, they would do things that were incredibly detrimental. They loved God. They had a relationship with God. They knew his word. The list goes on and on and on. But realize that when we're going from one season or place to another, what it's called is transition. Transition in our life. And in transition, attitude is huge. My attitude when I'm going from one season to the next season is absolutely huge because what my attitude does is it decorates the house ahead of me before I get there. It decorates the house and then I go into that house that's already decorated that my attitude has, has set up. And so last week we began to identify and then um, making sure that we have health and, and in internal healthy grid and a way of processing and functioning that causes me to seize the season. You're in a great season. I just want to encourage you. I'm excited for you. Woohoo! How many of you are with me on that? Okay. But if you're over here and you're saying, I'm in a difficult season. Uh, okay. Realize this. I'm excited that God is with you, but understand God wants you to seize this season and not just dread it and hope that it moves on. 
He wants you to seize it he, because life is about seasons. We begin to identify certain characteristics or what we would call internal traits that will help us, but we must cultivate them in order to seize our season. You say, I love God. David loved God. He didn't do well when he went from one season to the other. I'm a great leader. Moses was a great leader. Well, I'm anointed. Elijah was anointed. Well, I'm smart. Well, guess what? Solomon was smart. Well, I'm wealthy. Solomon was wealthy. It's not that. It's an internal grid that none of us have a leg up on anybody else. And if you were not here last week, I want to encourage you, as I said earlier, go online. But the first two we started, um, and number one was this. I'm not going to redo them, but believe that God is leading your life. You say, well, what if I made a mistake? He'll still lead your life. He'll still lead it. Number two is this, is there needs to be a positive takeaway of every season, every season. And where we're going to start today is number three, number three. In order to seize this season, I must believe that I can be fruitful where I'm at. I'm going to say it again. In order to seize this season right now in my mind, I must, I must believe that I can be fruitful right now where I'm at. Meaning, when you say, you say well, what do you mean fruitful? You mean fruity? No, I didn't say fruity. I said fruitful. Meaning productive. I can learn. I can grow. I can move forward in some, de in some way. I can develop my character. I can grow my pain threshold. How many of you are with me on that? I can, I can grow. The reason I must believe it is because my belief is so important because my will will have a natural tendency to follow what I believe. And so if I don't believe that I can be fruitful where I'm at, it will be hard to stay on track and seize the season that I'm in. My will will go in the direction of my beliefs. It always does. This is why what we believe must be affected by God's word, the Bible, and God's promises. I must be able to see and to say, this season has a purpose in my life. It has a purpose in my life. Maybe it's hard. Maybe I'm sweating. Maybe I don't understand. Maybe I just want my Twinkies and my Nacho Doritos and my Dr. Pepper. And I just want to encourage you, you can eat those, but it's not going to make the season go away. Are you with me? It's, it's just not going to make it go away. You know, one of, one of the leading verses, I think, you know, and, uh, um, that I hear people quote and people say um, over their life is Jeremiah. It's kind of a life verse, and it's a great one. Jeremiah 29, 11. Have you ever read that? Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For this is God. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Man, isn't that a great verse? Well, only one of us liked it. I don't understand. I don't get it, man. <laughs> that is like one of those slobber verses. How many of you know what I'm saying? That is one like this, uh-huh, oh yeah, give it to me. How many of you know what I'm saying? Okay, try it again. How many of you like that verse? Oh, that is one of those, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, look, I'm just going to give you an option. I'm going to quote two verses, and you tell me which one you like. Many 
are the afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> okay, or we'll flip, we'll flip right over here. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Which one, which one do you like? <laughs> but they're both true. Are you, are you with me? They're, they're, they're both true. I mean, that is a great verse. It's a great life verse. If you don't have a life verse, just take that thing. If you're into tats, get it tatted right on there. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. whatever. But what I, want you to do, what I want you to realize is the context that they're in is a very difficult season. They've been carried away captive by the Babylonians and they're hating life and where they're at. And we can talk about this in a little bit. It was self-inflicted. They caused it, but God basically told them over and over again, y'all, y'all, y'all. How many of you know what I'm saying? In Jeremiah, I'm gonna just read the context, Jeremiah 29 verse four. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives. Look at this statement. He has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Look at what God said. Build homes, plan to stay, plant gardens, eat the food they produce, marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that, so that you may have my many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Verse 8. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. Now here's verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and give you a hope. See, God told them, he said, you might not want to be where you're at right now, but I want you to realize right now where you're at in your life that you can grow, you can build, you can plan, you can plant, you can produce, you can multiply. Don't dwindle away. Be a blessing where you're at. And, and, and he basically said, you can find people that will just moan and whine with you. You can find people that will agree with you. But God said, don't be chasing around just people that you want to hear. He said, I want you to do good. I want you to trust me. This too will pass because I am good for my word. I will lead your life. I will bless your life. This is just a season. Are you with me? Yes. Uh, in our, this is just a season. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Okay, the rearview mirror is this big for a reason. You can't drive your life looking through it. You got to look through the windshield. You got to look and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going that way. Lord, I'm going that way. Are you with me? Number four is this, is know the difference between a season change and a self-inflicted season change. 
Know the difference between a season change. Season change, you didn't, I don't, I don't know, I didn't, you know what I'm saying, just like never right now. How many of you know you can not want it, but winter's coming? How many of you are with me on that? You can say, I refuse to participate in winter. I am showing up to church in shorts and flip-flops because I don't believe in winter. How many of, how many of us will laugh at that person? Let's just be honest. <laughs> it, it's, no, but we've got to know the difference between a season change and a self-inflicted season change. See, we can do things that cause us to have a season change or a difficult season, and it had nothing to do with God leading it. It had nothing to do with it. it you know, either over my season change, or maybe, you know, I can stop and say, okay, I made some mistakes here. I did something here, and it has caused this season that I'm in. You know, that's what happened in Jeremiah 29. You, you can see that if you read the whole context. God will help us, but we need to learn. If you're here and you're saying, I'm in a season change right now in my life, and it's because I, I did some things that weren't smart. I did some things that I knew I shouldn't have done. And now it's caused maybe a hardship. It's caused a difficulty within my life. And um, I just want to encourage you. God is going to help you, but he wants you to learn from it. He wants you, I call those season changes, what they are, is their adult spankings. How many of you are with me on that? Oh, I'm being spanked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, God's like, yeah, mm-hmm, you are. Yeah, you know, there's, and, and I don't want to oversimplify, but I believe that there's four primary causes for season change in our life. The first one, and they're not going to put it on the screen because I didn't give, them, give it to them, but the first one is, it is just natural process. It's just a natural process, kind of like fall right now, uh, maybe physiologically, in your, you know, as the body grows older, how many of you know what I'm saying? Age, maturity, all of those types of things, stuff wears out. This isn't just uh, physically, but if you go buy some new clothes, if you just go buy some new shoes, if you just go buy a new car, that through the process of time, there is a physiological season change in that stuff. How many of you know what I'm saying? With, with, if you have kids, there's going to be, as they grow, there's going to be a physiological season change. But then there's equally is there's God-inspired season change. And it's really important that we grow in these God-inspired season changes. I believe that we can apply all four of these to this, but it's really important that we grow because it affects his desires for our future and our life. It's dependent upon, it develops our character, it develops our capacity, it develops us to where whatever that dream is that God's put in our heart, when we get there, we can actually handle it because we've grown through the season changes of our character. And so now we can handle that in our life. Have you ever seen somebody that is blessed beyond their capacity to handle it? 
They're just blessed, and it's detrimental. That's why they, they tell us in Hollywood is the highest level of drug addiction, alcoholism, and substance abuse. It's the highest level of anywhere in the country. And, and so just like nature and creation, they're part of God's development plan for our life. And so to begin to just stop and say, wow, what's this revealing right now? Okay, I maybe don't like it. It's hard. It's hot. It's difficult. I don't like it. But what is it revealing? Revealing in me, and I'm going to begin to grow right now in that area. Um, number the third area that we see, or, or we'll call a season changes. I'm just going to call it a demonic attack on our life. The enemy just out of nowhere just attacks, just does something. And Ephesians six says you just got to stand, 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 stand. But it's in a, de a demonic attack, and it's usually laced with all kinds of temptations where you're in a demonic attack and now you're being tempted to do stupid things. You're being tempted to do the wrong things with, within your life. And, and I just want to encourage you that God is with you and you're going to grow through it. And this is what I have learned from experience is after you grow through it in this season right now, the next season Satan will wish he had never done it because of how much it transformed you and how much you grew on the inside. It says about Jesus that had Satan realized he would never have crucified Jesus because if he had realized what God was going to do through that situation. The, the fourth one is this, is due to something that we've done. We're having a season change due to something we've done. It's self-inflicted. It's a mistake, and it's thrust us into, now we're in a new season. Now, God is with you. God will lead you. God will help you. But realize this is you must answer this because it affects the way that we respond in some ways. And the lessons on the front side of this are really, really different in our life. They're different. The, 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 um, the, the lessons that we learn. See, God will still lead, God will still help, but where, but where my starting point is it is different, and the reason it's different is because it's connected to something that I did. And so if you're in a season change right now, like let me just give you a great example. You got fired from your job. Well, why did you get fired from your job? Well, they said I was late. Well, were you? Well, not very much. Okay, that was you. Are you with me? You didn't, sh you were not, you know what I'm saying? That was you. That wasn't, you know, oh man, I'm married and, and the enemy's all over my wife. She's just accusing me of all. Well, have you broken trust? Have you done something stupid? Well, not kind of, well, okay, that's on you. Are you with me? That, that, that's on you. Well, I love God and my parents don't love God and they're just persecuting me. Well, what are they saying? You don't do your chores. Okay, that's on you. Are you with me? That, 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 that's on you. These are, these are self-inflicted. And you say, so what do I need to do then to grow in this season? Number one is repent. Accept responsibility. Everybody say repent. Okay, look, you guys are all looking a little tense. Okay, so what I need you to do is say this. Just nudge the person right next to you. Just nudge him. And just nudge him and say, he ain't talking to you. He, he, he's talking to me. <laughs> just nudge him. <laughs> <laughs> the word repent isn't just, the word repent doesn't just mean, okay, sorry. Repent means to heartily amend your ways. 
So repent means I'm sorry and I've learned something from that. Not, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it's heartily stop and say, okay, what do I need to do so that I don't go that way again? So I don't go that way. The next thing is we have to apply and do what we know. I've got to stop and say, okay, God, I realize that this season change is because I didn't do something that I knew and I need to do what I know. Learn from it where we stop and we learn, but then trust in the goodness of God over your life. Trust, you say, well, gosh, I did this. Let me tell you, if, if it was based on our performance, ain't none of us making it out of here alive. Are you with me? Ain't all of us make mistakes, but God is a redeemer. God is faithful. He knows what we're made of. We make mistakes, but when we make them, we got to stop and say, well, no, this isn't the devil. He might have a part of it, but you're the one that planted that seed right there that caused this whole thing. And you got to just back up. In Jeremiah 29, that's what he told them. He basically said, God's going to do it. But man, you guys just ignored, 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 and ignored. It, look at what it says in Proverbs 6, 23. It says this, for the commandment is a lamp. That's God's word. It's a lamp. It gives illumination. And the teaching of the law is a light. Now look at this. And reproofs, rebukes for discipline are the way of life. Look at the statement, the way of life. It doesn't say a way of life. It says the way way of life. There's lots of ways out there, but there's only one way to the way of life. And God says, I need you to be open to me. I need you to be open to my word. And if I correct you, if I tweak you, don't be getting no attitude. Don't be like, you know what I'm saying? Just stop and say, okay, God, I realize, Lord, because you're wanting me to excuse me, to stay in the way of life. Yeah. Oh, amen. I'm out of time. Stand to your feet. I wanna, um, do you know that when we first moved here from California, we we're from San Diego, and when we first moved here, um, I had this little white truck. It was a little... Um, I don't think they make them anymore. It's a little Chevy, you know, like the small mini trucks, two-wheel drive on the back. And, um, and so when I first came here, I had this truck, and, and I, we moved here in September. And I went in, I forgot, I went in somewhere, and somebody said to me, they said, um, they said uh, what are you going to do with this? I said, what do you mean I'm going to do with this? This car's only got 25,000 miles. I'm going to drive this baby. Are you with me? And they said, well, if you are, you need new tires. I said, why? There's plenty of tread. They said, not for this state. I said, there ain't plenty of tread for this state. And I looked at them and I'm like, what are you? You're just trying to sell me tires. How many of you are with me on that? <laughs> You're just trying to sell me tires. And I left. And, um, and somebody else said it to me. And they said, well, you're going to need to put some weight in the back of that truck. And I said, for what? And they're like, you are going to slide all over the road. <laughs> I looked and I thought, I'm a good driver. 
How many of you are with me on this? I'm like, I am a good driver. I don't need it. If I put weight, I'm a conservative individual. And so if I put weight, that means I'm going to have to pay for extra gas to haul that weight. Are you with me? I'm not going to put weight in the back of my truck. So, so I was coming to church to preach <laughs> Sunday morning. It had like maybe it snowed a couple times, but I was getting my bearings on driving in snow. I'm coming down Niles Road. You know where the little hill right by Glen Lord where it drops and comes up? I just cruising along. Nobody is on the road. Just cruising along. And, and I go down and I start coming up. And as I start coming up, I feel the back end wanting to like, you know what I'm saying? I'll just correct it. Oh no. Oh no. Slid down the road sideways into the opposite oncoming traffic. There was no traffic because it was early. <laughs> and slid up into these people's yard. <laughs> and I said, I need to get some tires and I need some weight in the back of this truck. <laughs> I came to church and I preached, but I was rattled. Are you with me? Because I thought that was the grace of God that I did not get T-boned. You know, you say, how did you get out? It just drove right. I just drove right out. But I believe that when we talk about seasons, God is saying to each and every one of us, Maybe up till now your tires have been good, but I'm making you aware of some things you need to grow in. I'm making you aware of some weight you need to put in the back. I'm making you aware because I know what's coming and I need you to be aware of this. And I wonder today, maybe how many of us in our life, because we are Americans, and Americans are all about comfort. We are all about easy. The only thing we can quote in the Bill of Rights is the pursuit of happiness. Are you with me? That's the only thing that we know. And God said, you know what? Before you were ever an American, even if you were an American first, when you made me the Lord of your life, you said, Jesus, you're first, and I need you to help me, and I'm teachable. I believe today that God is wanting to hit a switch in some of our thinking where rather than just dread the seasons of life, stop and say, I am going to seize the seasons of life. I'm not going to sit in dread. I'm going to stop whining and complaining. I'm going to stop running around as though life isn't fair. And I'm going to realize winter comes upon all of us. Fall comes upon all of us. Summer comes upon all of us. Spring comes upon all of us. And each one of those seasons has a developmental purpose in our life. And God is saying, are you ready? Amen. I'm excited. How about you? I want to ask you a question today. We're going to be done in just a moment. You're here. And you've never gone all in with Jesus. You've never done it. Maybe you've been a church goer. Maybe you've gone through, but you've never said, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. And I invite you to be my Savior, my Lord. I want to pray with you right where you're at. You say, that's me. 
Just every head bowed, every eye closed. You see, that's me and I know it right now. God right now is drawing you. Do you know that nudging you sense on the inside? That's the Holy Spirit. God said you can't come to him unless he draws you. He's drawing you. But you must respond to that right now. You're here and you need to just say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I need you. That's you on the count of three. I want you to lift your hand. We are all going to pray together. But by lifting your hand, you're saying, I come out of just a casual, comfortable, and I say, yes, Lord, I'm all in. One, two, three. Lift your hand to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I want to I want to lead us all in this prayer. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I need you. I give you my heart and the rest of my life. Help me, God, to know you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.